Welcome to Vegas Inc. Radio. I'm Dellen Goldberg, host of the show and business editor of Vegas Inc. and the Las Vegas Sun. Over the next half hour, we'll be discussing a special award for Excalibur's Employee of the Year and new lottery lines at the Prim California-Nevada border. But first, we're going to talk with reporter Eli Siegel, who's written some stories um, looking at a new startup that gives uh, sports fans an up-close-and-personal touch. And the, the... ACA reform broken down into digestible, understandable pieces. Um, welcome, Eli. Hi, Dylan. So ACA, I can't even talk about it without getting confused. Um, that's yeah. the health care reform, Affordable Care Act, that Obama put into law um, a couple of years ago. And start, parts of it are starting to go into effect with more coming in 2014. And you had a Vegas Inc. cover story recently looking at the effects, not only for patients, um, but for hospitals, insurers, businesses, some of it's good, some of it's bad. Right, yeah. The Affordable Care Act uh, was very controversial before it passed, obviously. Uh, Obama signed it in March of 2010. And, and that's right. A, a number of provisions have already, have already kicked in. Uh, according to the White House, you know, seniors are saving an average of about $600 a year on their prescription drugs. Uh, you know, younger people can stay on their parents' health plans until they're 26 years old, uh, things like that. But next year, 2014, is really the big year. That's when the, the major provisions kick in. Uh, and chief among them is basically starting next year, essentially you have to have health insurance uh, as, as required under this law, and large companies have to offer their employer, uh, their, their workers coverage. Uh, those, those are two of the main ones. And if they don't, if the companies don't, and if you as individuals don't have insurance, uh, you face financial penalties. And large companies are 50 and, or more workers? Correct, yeah. The, they say it's the equivalent of at least 50 full-time employees. So and uh, and the financial penalties can be kind of steep, uh, at least for the first year. You know, for an individual, it's really not that much. It's ninety five dollars or or one percent of your income, whichever is greater, which will most likely be the one percent of income. Uh, but by twenty sixteen, it could climb to two and a half percent of your income, or uh, or just under seven hundred dollars. And for companies, they could be paying thousands of dollars, depending. Uh, you know, possibly hundreds of thousands of dollars if they don't offer their employees coverage and if they have a lot of employees. And this is obviously a big topic for big companies and even the smaller companies, but, you know, that have a couple dozen employees or more. How have scared are business owners about these provisions? I think it depends on how many employees they have, frankly. And a, and a lot of the larger companies right now, they already offer their employees health coverage. So it really shouldn't affect them. Uh, but I, I have read stories, you know, and, and read reports of, of companies saying that, you know, this could be a good thing for them if, uh, especially for the smaller employers that aren't required to offer their, that aren't required to offer coverage, you know, but their employees will still have to get it somehow. So if they're not covered, then they will be, and that makes them healthier and you know ideal. In in theory, they won't uh, miss work as often, and, and they'll be healthier and be able to be more efficient at work and so forth. So so it, it could affect them uh, quite nicely. Could could be uh, could be pretty good, even if they don't have to uh, offer the covers themselves. And so this the burden would fall to the employee themselves, who would have to pay out of pocket for healthcare. Yeah, essentially, unless the unless the unless their company offers it to them, that's right. But there will be ways to, as part of the law, there will be some new ways that 
will make getting insurance a lot easier for individuals. You know, there's going to be a new state-run website called Nevada Health Link. A lot of times you might hear in the news it's referred to as the online insurance marketplace or the health insurance exchange. It's 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 really just a website where you go on and kind of like Orbitz, you look for cheap flights. You can go on here and look for cheap health plans. And that should make it a lot easier for people to get health insurance as opposed to the current method, which is, you know, calling Blue Cross Blue Shield or moving to calling one carrier the next and spending, you know, three hours on the phone waiting to hear your options. (laughs) Um, And then on top of that, there is expanded eligibility for Medicaid, which is essentially state and federally funded insurance for the poor. And that's going to be expanded to include people who earn a little bit more income than what's currently allowed under the uh, eligibility requirements. So um, so at least in Nevada, state officials are expecting at least 70,000 more people to sign up for Medicaid. And these are people who are already eligible, but they're probably going to sign up for Medicaid, which is cheaper than private insurance, uh, because under the law, you have to have insurance. Right. And so these people presumably are uninsured right now. Correct. Yeah. And another uh, 80,000 or so people will become eligible for Medicaid in Nevada, though I think it's unclear exactly how many will sign up. And the health exchange, um, it's not required for the insurance companies to participate, but you're reporting uncovered that most plan to? Uh, That's according to, uh, at least in Nevada, that's right. Uh, Yeah, insurance companies don't have to participate. They don't have to sell insurance through through these websites, through the exchanges. But uh, the spokesman for the Silver State Health Insurance Exchange, that's the state agency that's setting up and, and, and is going to monitor and operate uh, Nevada's website. They said that all, uh, the, the person I spoke with there said that all major carriers are interested and, and they're looking at, uh, at selling plans in Nevada. And that's just good business because more customers headed their way if they advertise this method? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's a huge untapped market, as, as the spokesman told me. And he's right. I mean, in Nevada, Nevada has the second highest rate of uninsured residents in America behind Texas, and, and they're not that far behind Texas. Uh, about 23% of the state's population right now is uninsured. comes out to about 607,000 people. Uh, if they all have to go buy health plans... That's a, that's a whole lot of new business potentially for insurance companies. Absolutely, and there's penalties for individuals who don't get insurance as well. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know, first year, like we were saying, you know, ninety five bucks uh, or one percent of your income uh, in twenty fifth. That's that's next year. In twenty fifteen, it goes up to three hundred twenty five dollars or two percent of your income, uh, and by twenty sixteen, it'll be it'll go up to a little under seven hundred dollars or or two and a half percent of your income. So uh, it's a uh, you know it's a it, can be a relatively small penalty for people to pay if they really don't want insurance or if they can't find any plans that are affordable. But uh, And so it's tough to say how many people are just going to take the hit and just say, you know what, forget it, I'm not going to get insurance, I'll just take the penalty. But I would suspect a lot of people are going to be signing up. And more people are eligible for insurance, as you were saying, but also because the insurance companies can't discriminate against pre-existing conditions and kids who, well, young adults who are 20 six can go up onto their parents' insurance plans. Um, Those provisions have already kicked in, and so more people should be eligible. That's right, yeah. There are already tighter controls on the insurance companies, and and even more so uh, kick in next year. You know, one of the main things is is that starting in 2014, they'll be 
they insurance companies will not be allowed to deny coverage or charge higher rates to people who have uh, these so-called pre-existing medical conditions. <clears throat> and they'll also it will also be illegal for insurance companies to impose uh, annual spending limits on many of their health plans. Not not all of them, but on many of them. Which is great if, God forbid, you have some catastrophic event mm-hmm. and you need insurance. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you talked to, it's a pretty sad situation, a single mom who um, had to get a second job and basically go to a payday lender to cash her paycheck to buy her daughter's asthma medicine. Yeah. Um, how is this going to affect people like her? Well, for people like her, they will finally, hopefully, be able to find affordable health insurance. And uh, again, you know, as we were saying, if they don't, they're they're going to have to pay a penalty for that. Uh, but uh, but it'll be good because right now, you know, you take someone like who we who we mentioned in the story, Stephanie Nesmith. You know, she told me that she once went to a payday lender to take out a you know high interest one thousand dollar loan to pay for her daughter's respiratory medicine. I guess her she's telling me her daughter Skylar, she's she's now three and a half years old. Uh, she gets uh, congested from allergies and she has to take a number, I think some inhalers and things like that uh, to open up her airways. So it, it's pretty sad stuff and, and she just can't afford to pay for it out of pocket because I think out of pocket without any insurance to help cover the bill, it's, uh, I think it was $700. That's for, staggering a month, right? Or uh, for three, three months. months. Yeah, for three months of treatment. And it's just, it's really just kind of unbelievable how expensive this stuff is if you don't have insurance. And, you know, she works, Stephanie works at a UPS store in Henderson, uh, 40 hours a week, makes eleven fifty an hour. Uh, she just recently, on her 25th birthday, started working uh, a shift, I guess a night shift, at South Point Casino in the sports book uh, to, to help pay bills, basically. And so now she's working 50, 60 hours a week probably and does not have insurance and neither does her daughter. So I think for people like her, you know, they can go online to the Nevada Health Link and hopefully find an affordable plan. Or if they work for a small, medium-sized company, hopefully they can get, uh, you know, more affordable coverage through their employer. Now, that's obviously, I think there's few people who would argue with trying to get a three-and-a-half-year-old, you know, affordable medicine or healthcare coverage. That being said, you know, there could be some consequences for hospitals and doctors and patients. Um, Nevada, we have a shortage of physicians and more people with access to healthcare, while wonderful in some ways, could backfire on us, I guess. Yeah, as we say in the story, you know, having a having a surge of customers in the medical industry is, is not necessarily a good thing. Yeah, and then you're absolutely right. Nevada does have a physician shortage Everything from special specialist surgeons to primary care doctors to pediatricians, there there just aren't enough here for a variety of reasons to meet the demand of a population that has just absolutely boomed over the last 10, 20 years. And one one person I interviewed for the story, Howard Barron, he was the immediate past president of the Clark County Medical Society. He's also a past a uh, pediatrician, pedi- pediatric gastroenterologist. He was telling me that in Southern Nevada. There are about one, there's one pediatrician for every 1,800 patients. Nationally, it's one for every 1,200. So that, that's a pretty... Significant. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's a huge disparity. And he and some other doctors that I, or some other uh, healthcare executives that I talked to for the story were telling me that with more people on Medicaid and more people getting insured, hopefully there will be less, there will be much fewer people using the ER for unnecessary, you know, non-emergency visits, which frankly, it's unfortunate, but a lot of uninsured people in Nevada, they go to the ER for everything, for common colds, for headaches, for, you know, who knows? I mean, they they go there for anything and a lot of it's not for emergencies. And that's for two reasons. One, because it's accessible and two, because 
frankly, they don't have to pay for it, right? Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Federal law says that every ER in the country, they cannot, they have to treat you no matter what you come in for. Could be a hangnail, could be anything. They have to treat you and they can't deny you coverage if you can't pay for it. In fact, they're not even supposed to talk about payment ability and how you plan to pay until after the patient is stabilized. So they have to treat everyone who walks through that door. So a lot of people, unfortunately, take advantage of that system and go in there and, uh, and get health care for everything, or you know, they get treated for everything. And so hopefully under the Affordable Care Act, there will be less of that because people will be insured and they can go to a primary care doctor and go through the normal channels. But on the other hand, if you have pe- more people going to primary care doctors and, and, other, and other physicians outside of the ER, there aren't enough out there to handle this potential influx. And so there could be some very long wait times or alternatively, you know, maybe some doctors will try to increase their patient load at a, at a far too fast a rate. And uh, as, as Howard Barron, the physician, told me, doctors who try and treat very high volumes of patients are, are more prone to mistakes. And, and, he, uh, and you know, he's telling me that. And he's a, he's a physician. And he was telling me that. So hopefully that, that doesn't happen. Absolutely. And anecdotally, I know it can take months to get an appointment just to set up care with a primary oh, yeah. physician. And so hopefully that won't get worse. What about for hospitals? Are they going to see more money because they'll get reimbursed um, because more people will be on Medicaid? Yeah, I think so. I think this could be a real boon to hospitals and, and frankly, to their bottom line, because right now they're treating a lot of people who are not insured. Uh, I spoke with the CEO of Sunrise Hospital over on Maryland Parkway here in Vegas. He was telling me that they had a record at Sunrise Hospital and the adjacent Sunrise Children's Hospital, you know, it's right next door. They had a record number of ER patients last year. It was 140,000 or something like that. And that was up 8% from 2011. And uh, one reason for the jump was because a good portion of those people were people coming in who did not have real emergencies. And they might, even if you don't see a drop in ER visits, you'll have more people coming in who are insured. So at least they'll be getting paid for their work. Um, I think it was at UMC, University Medical Center. They have somewhere in the neighborhood of 200 to $250 million per year of uncompensated care at the ER and other departments. You know, so this is work it's that huge. they're... Oh, yeah, it's huge. This is work they're not getting paid for. You know, 20% of their patients on average are not insured. Again, ER and all departments, just hospital-wide. That's you know by far the most in, in Clark County, and they actually get federal funds to uh, to make up for that because they have such a high percentage of uninsured patients. But oh yeah, it's it's a it's a big deal here in Vegas. It's a big problem. Absolutely. Well, this is thousands of pages of document that you had to pour through, and um, you'll have to keep us posted as more of these uh, provisions go into effect. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, Eli. Sure. You're listening to Vegas Inc. Radio, part of Waking Up with the Sun. We are here every Monday at 7 a.m. on KUNV 91.5 The Source. I'm your host, Dylan Goldsberg, business editor of Vegas, Inc., and I'm here speaking today with business reporter Eli Siegel. Well, let's switch courses and talk about sports fans. It's the, the beginning of baseball season. We're still in uh, NCAA excitement, um, and there's a local startup, Fandever, who uh, puts fans right at the front of all the action. Tell us what they do. Yeah, Fandever is a really cool startup. They uh, they had been based out of the Ogden, uh, the Ogden high-rise downtown, they, and they recently moved to a co-working space downtown, but it's founded by three Zappos guys, or actually founded by two, two former Zappos guys, and then they hired another Zappos guy to, 
to come uh, help manage the website. But what they do is basically they sell fantasy packages to sports fans. Uh, these are you know largely preset packages, and and mostly they involve you know behind the scenes tours at stadiums and arenas. Uh, you can go to uh, you know have a chalk talk with a coach and get on the field and or on the court before the game and watch the warmups and, and things like that. You get the kind of access that the average fan never gets and and never almost would almost never get unless you're there as you know maybe your company bought a suite for the night and you know you get wine and dine by the sports teams and by the sports team and by their sales reps and uh, just in, you know in the hope that you'll buy more obviously and uh, so you, you can get some pretty cool access that way but the average fan who has a ticket and nosebleeds or anywhere else they're never going to get this kind of access and so they're basically selling that they're selling you access that you can't get anywhere else and it's it's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, and I was surprised. I mean, obviously, some of the packages get more expensive, but for some of them, a couple hundred bucks, you can get shoulder to shoulder with your favorite coach or TV personality. Oh yeah, definitely. And and, and these are expensive. I mean, they, these these are certainly not cheap. I mean, uh, most of them are in the four hundred to six hundred dollar range for for one or two people, uh, typically two people. But it's uh, it's certainly not cheap. But yeah, I mean, for for a few hundred bucks, and and frankly, for sports fans, this is not a lot of money for them. A lot of them will. They will go to the ends of the earth for their for their team. They will fly to away games. They some of them get team tattoos. They buy all kinds of merchandise. They spend thousands of dollars a year. So to shell out another four to five hundred bucks to get up close and personal with their favorite coach or their favorite players, and even get to get a chance to meet them and say hi and get the whole get 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 this exclusive access. They'll do it. Absolutely. And and the company is pretty successful. It's uh, being sponsored or funded by the Downtown Project, which is mm-hmm. Tony Shea's. Um, That's their investment group, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, Fandever's raised about half a million dollars in capital right now, uh, vast majority of which, uh, I, they didn't tell me exactly how much, but most of which came from from uh, the Vegas Tech Fund, Tony Shea's investment group. Gotcha. And the business model is interesting. They team with the school, say UNLV or whichever school or arena they have a team partnership with. And the team or the school gets most of the proceeds and they only keep a percentage. Right, yeah, because they're basically, they're finding the, they're they're selling it, they're finding the customers, they're marketing the, the fantasy packages, uh, but that's about where they end because they don't own the stadium, they're not giving them the tour for, for the most part. Uh, they, they do get involved in, in some of the tours, but for the most part, they're not doing that. So, uh, and they don't, you know, they don't own the facilities. They're, they're selling access to facilities that they don't own. So it would, yeah, it would make sense that the teams themselves are, are getting the bulk of this money, but they do, they still keep, I think it's like 30 to 40% of the typically for, for each sale. And one of the founders had this idea because he did sports marketing for Zappos and basically got this access and said, Hey, this is pretty cool. Let- yeah. Yeah, Tom Ellingson, he's the CEO and, and uh, one of the two co-founders. And Tom, yeah, Tom used to work in marketing. Actually, he used to be a TV news reporter here in Vegas and, and in Texas and some other places. But he worked on the sports marketing team at Zappos. So basically, Zappos, uh, probably still today, but at least when he was there, got pitched all the time <clears throat> on buying sports sponsorships. So he and his coworkers would go to arenas and stadiums and whatnot and, and get wine and dine, you know. Not a bad job. No, not at all. It's very cool. And they would go to see the locker rooms. They would meet coaches and meet players sometimes. And and they got some really cool access. And so uh, on these trips, Tom thought, wow, these these this is really fun. I wonder how much an average fan would pay for this sort of thing. And, and he's right. A, the average fan will pay a lot. Absolutely. And they found pretty widespread success. They've been featured in the media, also nationally, and they're 
doing well in terms of profits, right? Yeah, yeah, they're doing pretty well so far. They didn't disclose revenue to me or, or how much money they're making or 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 any of the financial stuff, but uh, the, but they've signed, I think it was three official partnerships so far, including with UNLV, as well as Texas Christian University and Arizona State University. And they've got a lot of packages lined up, and they've sold a couple hundred so far to people. So they are, uh, they're off to a good start. Yeah, well, nothing Definitely. to sneeze about. No, not at all. Well, thanks so much, Eli, for joining us today. Thank you. You're listening to Vegas Inc. Radio, part of Waking Up With The Sun. Joining us now is gaming reporter Ed Comenda. Welcome, Ed. Hello. Um, so you recently spent an early morning, late night with a pretty interesting guy, Henry Moore, who is a shampoo porter at Excalibur. Let's start at the basics. What is a shampoo porter? It's basically a carpet cleaner. He, um, he's been working at the Excalibur for 23 years doing the same job, pushing a machine around that basically shampoos and cleans the carpets. He works the graveyard shift, so he's on from 12 at night until uh, 6 or 8 in the morning. So he's... Um, He's been doing the same job for a quarter century almost. And he's 77 years old. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a se- 77. Pretty remarkable guy. Um, not only has he been there a long time, but he entertains the audience or the guests, I guess, at the resort with uh, some music. Absolutely. Uh, Henry Moore grew up in Mississippi uh, to a musical household. His mother was a piano teacher. He never really cared much about playing the piano. He just liked whistling and and singing songs that that he remembered. So he's always been a whistler um, all the way through until he moved west to Los Angeles and became a janitor uh, at a school. I think it was a Los Angeles Unified School District, and he would whistle then. And kids loved the whistling, um, and they actually funded a trip to Las Vegas uh, as a gift to him. And he went there. He never knew that he'd actually end up working there. Uh, he landed a job a couple of years later at the uh, the Excalibur, which had just opened in 1990. And he brought his whistling with him, and he would whistle on the job every night, singing or singing and whistling things like Sinatra and Johnny Mathis and Ella Fitzgerald titles of you know records that he's collected over the years, and uh, guests love it. So. And it's pretty happenstance that he even came out here. Unfortunately, his brother passed away, which is what brought him to California. And then the kids stepping up with their box of money, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Henry tells a story like this. He came to work one day, and the kids presented him with a newspaper wrap package filled with money uh, to fund a short vacation to Las Vegas. So it was it was just something. I, he, he doesn't know why they did it. Um, if I had to guess, it's probably because he's a likable, you know, personable guy. I mean, I had a, I had a blast with him. Well, he seems like a great guy. Now, is he a good singer? I would imagine whistler. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's um, a great whistler. He, he sings and I don't think he really cares if he's, if he's any good. He's just, he just, he's happy to do it and he's happy to be an entertainer, you know, so. Absolutely. Any uh, ambitions to Quit the janiting job and uh... no, he he strikes me as the kind of guy who just takes it day to day and just enjoys seeing people. Uh, he's so happy to meet uh, a person from any of the, the four states he's lived in, which include Mississippi, New Jersey, California, and Vegas. He's just happy to find somebody he might uh, share something with, such as a love for music or the you know a place he he may have lived. Um, so he's he's happy where he's at. He has no plans of retiring anytime soon. 
And that's yeah. incredible for two counts. I mean, one, the guy is 77, and two, he's been doing it for a quarter of a yeah, century. Yeah, almost a quarter of a century. And he's, like I said, he's happy. He he's he still feels good. He, he's, he told me that he could outwork anybody there. And, um, yeah, he, he has no intentions of, of quitting. He just he loves what he does. And we should point out that MGM Resorts International, the owner of Excalibur, recently awarded him with the Employee of the Year at the resort. Yeah, it's a pretty good, it's a pretty big recognition. You have to have received uh, Employee of the Month before uh, being able to uh, qualify for Employee of the Year. And I think he won Employee of the Month four times. Wow. Um, so he's he's had similar recognitions, but nothing this big. He tells a story that. Um, he gets the call from his his boss, and she tells him to to wear a tuxedo to this ceremony. He didn't even know uh, he, he would be awarded with this with this uh, with this recognition. So he put on his tux and was as surprised as uh, ever. Oh well, that's great. Yeah. And obviously, the management is thrilled with him. What are guests' reactions? Ah, uh, well, he says uh, a lot of them say that he made their day, and. Um, some some people uh, recognize the songs that he's whistling and and say, hey, that's pretty good, you know. <laughs> and um, that's that's one of the reasons he does it is for that that little uh, you know gratification. So. That's great. Does he take requests? Yeah, he does. I mean, I, I asked him to do some Sinatra, and uh, it happened to be one of his um, favorite songs. It's um, uh, "You're Nobody Until Somebody Loves You," and. He did it. <laughs> it sounded great. That's great. So, Will he, he bust out Rihanna or does he stick to the old classic? He sticks to the old classic. Church songs, the big band stuff, like you said, Ella Fitzgerald. His favorite is Nat King Cole. Um, so he's, that's what he listens to every day when he gets home from work in the morning and he's relaxing before work. So, yeah, it's mostly old stuff. That's great. And he's married. Does he have a family? Uh, he he does have a wife, uh, and she recently passed away. Mm-hmm. And he he wasn't very open about talking about that. But they had been married almost forty years. Wow. So, yeah, he he has family. They're spread out across the country. He has a daughter in in Chicago, uh, another one in Oklahoma City, and yeah, that's he's his roots are here though. Well, shout out to Henry. We'll have to keep our ears open if uh, any of our listeners find themselves at the Excalibur late night. Uh, keep your ears peeled. Absolutely. You also recently had a story about Prim, and um, lots of Nevadans know Prim is the little dot on the map that you drive through on the way in or out of uh, toward California. Mm-hmm. But it's also the home of our closest lottery store, and they made some changes recently to accommodate the crowds of people that come. Yeah, absolutely. The lottery store in Prim, which is uh, about 40 miles outside of Las Vegas, just over the California border, they decided uh, in anticipation for this April 8th sale of Powerball tickets uh, to install seven new windows. Uh, so they're going to have a total of 11 windows, I believe. Uh, for It was kind of a preemptive decision to uh, create more uh, tra- traffic or create another path for traffic <laughs> for, for these people that are going to be visiting to buy tickets. Um, it, it'd be interesting to see how busy they get. Yeah, and it's well needed. I mean, we've written stories here at The Sun and Vegas Inc. about 
the lines of people. I mean, people literally wait four plus hours out in the desert to get their California lottery tickets, and yeah. um, this should hopefully ease some of those lines. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, that's they're anticipating large numbers of people. Uh, I mean, remember there there are people who had been traveling to places as far as Arizona to get tickets before um, California was authorized to to sell these these things. And um, it's funny because Nevada is, I think, one of five remaining states now that that aren't allowed to to sell Powerball tickets or, or any, any lotteries. Yeah. yeah, so they're um, it's it's a big change for people here. I mean, forty miles isn't that big a deal, you know. Well, so. absolutely. When you stand to win hundreds of millions of <laughs> well, dollars, what's forty miles? Yeah, I mean, the starting jackpot's forty million dollars. I mean, that's uh, if I was a gambling man, I'd. I wouldn't mind taking the drive. So yeah, and the tickets are two bucks a pop. Yeah, two bucks to win forty million. I mean, I don't know what the what the odds are exactly, but that's um, that's definitely worth it. Yeah, <laughs> so. better than Vegas odds, which I think is why we don't have a lottery. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And um, so yeah, that's where we stand with that. Well, great. Um, next time there's a mega jackpot, we'll have to send you out there and see how long the lines yeah, I'd are. Lo- I'd be happy to go and see what that's all about. Excellent. Well, thanks so much, Ed. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. You're listening to Vegas Inc. Radio. We're part of Waking Up With The Sun. We're here every Monday at 7 a.m. on KUNV 91.5 The Source. You can find these stories and all our coverage at vegasinc.com or lasvegassun.com. I'm your host, Dellen Goldberg, business editor, Vegas Inc., Thanks to Steven Zeller, our producer, and the entire KUNV team. And thanks to you for listening. Enjoy your day.